You're listening to What The Press? A conversation about business and WordPress. Brought to you by WP Maintain. Here's your host, Suraj Soda. Today we'll be talking about SEO for WordPress or search engine optimization, why it's important and how, actually how to do it. I'm going to be talking to Alex, who's from Tilius, an SEO agency who we actually work with quite regularly and we refer clients to each other about growing your business with SEO techniques. And I'm going to ask him to share some of his experience in helping his customers rank higher on search engines and what it takes for businesses with a WordPress website to get some quick wins and how to set your WordPress website up for long-term success. So without further ado, Alex, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. It's actually funny. We, we were speaking just before we, we started uh, recording how I don't think we've properly connected like this. I can see you on, on video right now, but obviously this is, this is just an audio podcast. We've spoken a ton over email over the years. You know, I think we've spoken on the phone a few times. It's strange how now this is like the first time I'm seeing people on camera and, and this whole Zoom life that we we live now so you know we'll get into it the 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 meat of this episode in a minute but but how how has it been for you this last year as another fellow agency owner shifting to to zoom meetings with your clients and and things like that with your with your team and and family and how has the last year and a bit been for you it's been different um i think we were quite we were quite well set up for it if i'm honest like there wasn't a massive shift we do everything's you know online anyway like we we do everything in the cloud and um we're used to doing video calls with people and stuff like that so that wasn't that wasn't too much of a shift i think what's what's been good actually is there was kind of this chance to reset you know kind of take a step back there was a, obviously there was a few clients that you know had we had to stop working with because they just weren't in a position to carry on and it kind of gave us a chance to reset and look at things and realize actually you know you can spend a lot of time traveling around to meetings and things like this but doesn't add a, a great deal of value and so yeah i think there's you know as much as there's been some negatives there's also been some really good positives that have come out of it that are going to you know, influence how we work going forward and, you know, recruitment and things like that. You know, we're talking about that just before as well about, you know, it's now much more realistic to get someone, uh, you know, remote and it not be seen as a, a negative, like, uh, oh, you haven't got a, a big office somewhere where everyone congregates and all this sort of stuff. And I think that's been a big plus and people are, you know, they're getting that, that work-life balance back a bit as long as they can uh, switch off when they're at home. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you said, I think that the biggest opportunity for agencies like like ours is that it's opened up, not that it wasn't before, but it's become the norm to now look further afield when it comes to recruiting, because you don't have to be constricted to your local area where your office is based. You know, we got rid of our office in December or January, and that's allowed us to recruit from all over the UK. We now have our support manager up in Scotland. And that just wouldn't have, you know, like physically, we could have done that anytime, but it was it just wasn't the norm to do that. So the opportunity we've seen is definitely in, in that recruitment side as well. But that's good to know. And I like I like hearing things like that. But Alex, just introduce yourself a little bit to to the listeners here, a bit about yourself, a bit about Tilius. You know, what does Tilius actually mean? And and how did you come around to, to being in the SEO game? Yeah, sure, sure. So, I mean, way back when, 
I'd always been interested in websites. You know, that was kind of what first got me interested. You know, I just wanted to build like a really awesome website, right? And then I had a few little side projects and I was I was building these websites and no one was finding them. And I thought, oh, that's that's pretty rubbish, you know find it and they won't come is not really uh you know going to get you too far so that's what got me into the seo side of thing i started researching the stuff and it, a lot of it was self-taught and i you know i had a little bit of success just with my own little informational websites at the start and i i used that to to get a job an internship at um an agency they're a fast-growing agency and that that was you know back in 2010 so i've been doing this for 11 years now focusing just on on SEO, a little bit of Google ads as well, but primarily that's where, you know, I've really spent the the bulk of of my career. And yeah, that was a really great insight because it was one of these agencies where, you know, they were still figuring it out. So in some ways that's, you know, you you can go into these big agencies nowadays and you have a very defined role, you know, you do this bit and maybe it's like the technical SEO, right? And so it's just one element of the SEO and you do that and you don't really know how all the parts fit together. Whereas this was, you know, this was quite early on in in their growth and also just the SEO sector maturing. And it was kind of like, here you go, here's some clients, do some SEO, you know, make it work. And so you'd have to figure it all out in yourself. And, you know, you'd be the one creating a bit of content, which in hindsight probably wasn't the wisest thing, but you'd be the one doing the content, doing the link building, doing the technical bits, talking to the clients, doing it, you know, the whole thing. And so that really kind of set me up. So then when I wanted to set up my own thing, set up Tilius, which was launched in 2016, which was really just the continuation of some freelance stuff I was doing. And as it as it was growing, it was just like, okay, now's the time to kind of jump ship. I'd kind of gone down to working part time, but I, you know, I really want to take it forward. And so so we launched Tilius in in 2016. And it's just it's just been going, you know, gradually, you know, nice consistent growth ever since. And that and I've been able to bring my brother on board and a few other people. And that, that's been really positive. The name, the name Tilius comes from an old fashioned word, punctilious, which means, so obviously just the ending, which means great attention to detail. And so we like to think that's what we bring to SEO is that we look at the details and we spot what's going on in the market. And that's where we find these opportunities because a lot of, you know, the standard SEO stuff you can learn, but to really make a difference, you need to know where it, it fits in the market. You know, why are you different? You know, because really SEO is just that means to an end. So that's 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 where the name comes. And that's hopefully what we bring to all the, the projects that we work on. Amazing. It's such a great story. And by no means, I say this with, with respect, but by no means a, a new story. You know, someone worked in an agency, built up a ton of experience and then went off and started their own. That's pretty much how any of us kind of got here. And I, and I really liked how you said when you were younger, you, know, you used to build websites and no one needs to find them. I, I, I relate to that massively. I was the same when I was in high school, buying up domains and building really basic websites about random things that I was into and trying to monetize them with, with various uh, affiliate links and, and things like that. And, and I learned back then a little what now we call SEO and blogging and, and content marketing long before it became a thing. But I really also like the where the, your name comes from and the the attention to, to detail. And that, that's really important in SEO, isn't it? Now, whilst you can get some quick wins by having some easy 
SEO done on your website. It's really that, that that attention to detail of what's going on in the SEO world in terms of Google algorithms and things like that, but also in your industry as well to try and pick up those or outrank your, your competitors and see where the opportunities are. And you'll only get that with that level of attention to detail. Do you as an agency focus purely on, on SEO and a lot of organic rankings or, or do you also believe in and offer the paid side of things, which is often seen as the shortcut to, to SEO? And what's your take on that? Yeah, yeah. So we do. We do offer Google ads. So we kind of keep it all searched. So we don't do any on the social side of things. But yeah, we do SEO and we do Google ads. And uh, they can work very well together. You know, I think there's there's been a few studies done that show there's not a whole lot of overlap there. So, you know, that it's kind of incremental, you know, what you do on on the ads doesn't take away because I think a lot of people under this kind of misconception that hey, if I'm doing the ads and then I invest in the SEO, they understand the SEO will take a little time to kind of kick in and then I'll stop doing the ads, right? Because the SEO is there and we always say, you know, don't do that, you know, because what happens when you stop the ads is one, your organic stuff doesn't jump up, someone else pops in on the ads and takes your space. So it's not, you you know, you vacate that space and someone else will take it. And the other, we always, you know, the thing we try and, be really clear on with people is you know i think seo it's really easy to get bogged down in the technical stuff and you know previously my role was a technical seo manager so i was very bogged down in the technical stuff but um the thing that that it all comes back to is what's the return on that investment and so we always try to be really clear with people in a a long enough time period generally the seo gives you a better return that's just how it how it is, uh, just the nature of it, that it, it cum- accumulates over time. Whereas with the ads, you know, you're optimizing, et cetera, but you're constantly feeding the beast, so to speak. You're constantly putting the money in just to tread water in, in some some cases. The benefits compound with SEO, don't they? Like sometimes you don't even realize what benefit you'll end up with over that period of time. And you end up ranking for things. You end up, you know, with so many more opportunities just because of that compounding effect. Right. And it it starts small. And I think that's what people struggle with. And so the point we always make to clients is don't think about them as like one or the other. Can you get a good return from SEO? Yes. Can you get a good return from the ads? You know, a lot of the times you can. So do both. You know, one might be a higher return than the other. But as long as you're making profit in both of those channels, keep doing them both. And the other thing we say is, you know, like if you're really keen, you need results now, you've got to do ads. You know, you'll just be disappointed with the SEO. And that's the the thing that we see the most in terms of where people go wrong with it is they expect too much from SEO too soon and they give up too early, right? Or they just they just haven't planned for it. They haven't planned for this period of investment. And that's fine. Not all businesses can do that. And we, you know, we say, don't put your money into SEO. If you can't wait, you know, if you need results tomorrow, that's not going to work for you. It's, and it depends where your, your business is. If it's established, you can get results quicker, normally around three to six months. If you're starting from a standstill, you'll be lucky to get, you know, you're looking at the six to 12 months sort of mark to really sort of see those those shoots coming in and it doesn't mean that you won't make progress in that period you know going from nowhere to page two is significant progress but it doesn't impact your bottom line and so 
if you gave up at that point, you'd have invested all this money and you'd look at it from a business perspective and say, and got no return, but you're investing for the future. And that's, we always try and make that case to people. And if they're really keen and sometimes they're overly optimistic, yeah, yeah, I know, I know it takes time, but I think we can make loads of money really soon. And you're like, I don't know why you think that. <laughs> yeah, a little bit wishful thinking, isn't it? Yeah, this is where we, we caution you and say, look, if that's on your mind, consider the ads now. If that works, what's good about the ads and doing the Google ads is you're, you're going to uh, after those same keywords, right? So if you can make the ads work, generate some revenue, reinvest it back into SEO, you know those keywords are working for your business and then you back it up with the SEO and then you have them both working in synergy and that's how you maximize your gain because it is the same ecosystem ultimately. Yeah, absolutely. And everything you said about, you know, this being a long game and you have to be in it for the long term is, is I don't think there's anything truer than with SEO, especially in, in the marketing world. Like you said, you know, you can set up ads and get results very quickly depending on what you define as as a result. You can get traffic very quickly. Whether or not that will convert to sales and, and new businesses is, is a totally different conversation. And that's also the, the, the mis- misconception. We get it a lot at WP Maintain. You know, we look after hundreds and hundreds of, of WordPress websites, some built by web agencies really well. But, you know, I have to say the majority of the websites that, that we look after are, are self-built. And that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. Most of our clients are small businesses, micro businesses, startups who want to save that that money up front and, and say, well, look, WordPress is sold to me as a platform that I can build my I can build a website myself. I can kind of make it make do with some plugins and some themes. And we don't judge. That's absolutely fine for, for a certain stage of business. And it's similar with SEO, isn't it? People say, well, I can save the money on SEO, I can do it myself. But then where do you draw the line? Because I can also, you know, build a car myself, really, can't I? If I buy enough parts, I can also build my own house and I can do my own everything. And there's, there is that element of education to to newer businesses to say, well, just because you can do it yourself doesn't necessarily mean you should. But I know that a lot of our listeners, a lot of our customers are just not going to be ready right now to use an agency like Tilius or any other agency to outsource their SEO. So can you help that group of people, uh, you know, listening, uh, Alex, what are some foundations of SEO that a business owner can do themselves before they're ready to come to an agency like yourself? And also bear in mind, all these folks are on WordPress. So if you have a specific plugin recommendation, we use Yoast as, as our recommendation, but always open to suggestion. Yeah, yeah, I've got a few quick plugin shouts that I can definitely put in there. But I think, I think the first thing to do is Look at, you know, SEO can seem really complex because you're getting drip fed information all over the place. There's all these blogs, et cetera, and someone's saying something different every time. And and to be, you know, I think you need to start from that place of actually no one really knows what's going on. Not even the people at Google, you know, there's so many people at Google there. They work on these tiny aspects of it. So no one really knows how it all fits together and works. I think that's that's key. So always keep that in mind when you get this sort of advice. And that's why it's always key to to look at what's going on in the search results, kind of test things, figure out what's going on, because it can be different in different sectors. But yeah, to get started, I'd say, so you want to think about SEO in three categories. So 
you've got your technical so that's making sure your website sound it it's relatively fast it does what it's meant to do people can purchase check out etc they can interact with your business and it's a nice experience and that's kind of like i think that's where where a lot of people stop unfortunately you know when we talk about wordpress seo we're talking about the platform and that's great you know you need to do that stuff so um you know i think on the plugin front there you always need tracking right you need to know how you're doing to know if what you're doing is working. And I think that's one thing that, you know, if you take that SEO advice at face value and say, okay, these guys know what they're talking about because you've read a blog post, doesn't guarantee it's going to work. So you need some form of tracking there so that you can say, yes, that was great. We should do more of that. Or no, that was a complete waste of time. Let's let's stop doing that. So you want the tracking and there's a really good Google Tag Manager plugin. I think it's like the one that everyone uses. And I'd recommend trying to consolidate all your tracking into Google Tag Manager. It's just uh, there's a little bit of learning. It's not it's not. There's a lot of guides out there and there's a lot of like pre-configured tags to help get things set up. But I try and keep it all in Tag Manager because it's going to make your life easier. It's going to allow other people to add things in. And um, yeah, there's there's a lot of things you can configure so i do that so your google analytics tracking via tag manager is is that also helpful because it just saves you having 17 different tracking codes on your website individually you just have one essentially and, and that will help from a technical point of view with just less load on less to load whenever someone lands on one of your pages yeah, to an extent. I mean, as you add more into Tag Manager, it's just kind of like it's this container for your tracking code. So this, there can still be a lot in there, but it's a lot easier to manage it. And you've got like the version history and things like that. So once you've got that in place, which you can do with that plugin, there's a lot less that you can get wrong. And you can, you know, what I like is you can preview it so you can test things out before you completely mess up your tracking and all these sorts of things. So it gives you that bit of a safety net. And yeah, and you can pause tracking and things like that without having to delve into code. So yeah, it's really it's really good for that. And there's a lot of built-in like triggers and things like this that would be an effort if you had to either develop it yourself, which you'd need the, the expertise or you'd need to be paying someone to do it. So this is a lot for small businesses, it's a really good way to get started and really sort of adaptable. So you've got that first part, that's the technical SEO, right? Yeah, and there's a few more plugins in there. I'll I'll just run through them. I know I'm a bit of a, a rambler, but yeah. So uh, Rank Math is one that we're actually starting to use a bit more than Yoast SEO now. It's got a few nice features, like it's got variables for like product prices and stuff that you can then put into your title tags and things like that. So these are good because the title tags and the meta descriptions pull through to the search results. So if you've got like a a very good price, for example, on a product, you want people to see that before they hit your website. You want them to see that in the search results. And that's one way to do it. But Yoast SEO also very good. So we're we're not saying don't use that. But if you've got a choice, probably I'd say start with rank math nowadays. The images are always killer. Like the, you know, people put on massive images and they just slow a website down. So one plugin we've been using a lot recently that's really good for smaller websites because they've got a free plan that's up to five thousand visits a month. I think it is. It's called Optimole. So it's specific for WordPress, 
and it just does a lot out the box, right? It puts your images on a, a content delivery network. It automatically resizes them. It does lazy loading. It does it all in one. So it's kind of, there's a few things to configure, but it's a lot less complicated than some others. And for larger websites, there's Imagify. I think that's how you say it. That's also good. And with both of those, as you get bigger, you'll end up paying for that. But those are really good starting points. And so I'd say those are good ones. Other things that we look at that are just broader than WordPress are hosting. Just get some good hosting. There's no excuse for poor hosting nowadays. You know, maybe it costs you £10 a month instead of £5 for that shared hosting. But if this is your business, it's well worth that extra fiver a month. The, The amount of people that skimp on hosting just amazes me and obviously you'll know all too well with the hosting that you've got that that can make a, a big difference and um just yeah just mind-boggling sometimes it's true people... it's, it's really true Alex. <laughs> we, we, we see you know we, we use premium hosting platforms we, we're actually agency partners with of uh, wp engine flywheel and we, we get a lot of websites that we migrate over to us that see such an instant uptick in their in their not just website speed, but as a knock-on effect, dare I say, their rankings as well. And you know, knowing that the website speed and 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 all of that is one of many many ranking factors, I, I really can't. And obviously, I am very biased, but I can't underestimate the need for good hosting, whether it's with us or you or anyone else. You know, you don't need to go for the cheapest two ninety nine a month hosting anymore, unless it's just a website for you know pictures of your cat or dog or whatever that you don't need to rank anywhere but if it's for your business that you need an income from there is no excuse and and i don't take prisoners when it comes to someone saying well i want you to save you know four pounds a month on my hosting it's like well you're, you're losing a lot more than four pounds a month by doing that but you talked about some plugins there you talked about some of the technical aspects of it and i also want to ask you a little bit later on about the the relationship between content and seo and content marketing you know and seo people sometimes use the two interchangeably where, you know, content marketing, well, that's SEO, isn't it? And SEO is content marketing. And I I appreciate there is an element of that that is probably true, but what are some of the mistakes people make right off the bat when it comes to setting up a website, WordPress or not, some of the, the, the biggest challenges that they could have just overcome without making these mistakes. And I don't know, things, things like correct page titles or not having your homepage called homepage, not understanding really the basics between on-page and off-page SEO. So what are some of those those easy win mistakes that can be corrected by anyone listening to this this episode if they have a website or if they're about to build their own website? I think the biggest one is just going and doing your, your research, your keyword research, understanding what people are looking for. And there's some good tools for it. You know, you can use, there's the Google Keyword Planner that's kind of, been around for ages but a really good one if you're just looking for something free is uber suggest there's some great detail in in there and you can what i like doing is not trying to predict the keywords but rather go and find a competitor that's that's ahead of you that's doing well you can put their domain or a particular page into uber suggest and it will tell you what keywords that page is ranking for and go from there because you'll often find there's sort of some variations on how people search that you might not have thought of that you want to get in there and the way that's reflected so yeah the title tags the meta descriptions that you can edit with Yoast SEO, Rank Math or any any other plugin 
they're super simple, but they're super important. Is that the process you typically take a new customer through? So let's say, you know, you, someone comes to Tilius and they say, Alex, sort our SEO out. Is that the first thing you'd check is make sure that their website's optimized for the right keywords that are not these predicted keywords that they think they should be ranking for, but actually trying to f- follow what the com- successful competitors are doing and, and try and re or reverse engineer and, and, and do a bit of that? Is that one of the very first things that you, you would do to, to lay the right foundations? Right. One of, one of the quickest things is, yeah, where are the gaps? That's really what we're talking about there is um, let's look at a series of competitors. What are they ranking for? Have we missed anything? Like, Are, we, are they talking about a similar product that we have, but they're talking about in a different way or it, there's a different use case for that product? You know, because when people search, they're not necessarily going to search for, you know, they don't necessarily know your product exists, but they've got a problem and they're searching and you need to go and meet them in the middle, right? You know, they're saying, I've got this problem and you say, yes, my product solves that. And you do that by having a, a landing page that speaks to that need. And so, yeah, that's always a big one. In the early days, it, it depends how early on you are. But you go through these three steps. So you've got the technical, you know, you just need to make sure it's sound, it's it's relatively fast, nothing's going to break, right? Then you've got the content. So have I actually got what people are looking for? And so the easiest way I think to do that is to take a selection of the, the competition, right? Because that's kind of, that kind of defines your market. You know, if that's what I'm up against, that's what I need to beat, right? And so I think one thing that that people miss a lot is that they don't go and look at the competition. They focus on why their product is so great and all this stuff, and they get really bogged down in looking at their product or service. And that can be really, you know, it doesn't mean that it's that's not a good thing to do, but it doesn't necessarily speak to what people, because you know your product and service so well, that you know you you might miss something really really basic that you think oh yeah obviously we do that but the person searching doesn't know that so you want to go and look at the competition how are they framing it and by doing that you get an idea of how much traffic they're generating and where's that traffic coming from what pages on their website using these sort of competitive data tools like uber suggest you know the paid ones are hrefs and semrush but they're all good it's all it's all a good starting point and you can do free trials on those so it doesn't really matter where you get that data from just that you're looking at it that way around and then you say where are those gaps right yeah and, and it's about being open-minded like you said you know you might notice how a competitor is doing things and you just may not have thought about that and that's not a criticism sometimes we're so close to the action in our own business we don't know what we don't know and if a competitor has figured something out that's business for you. You, you. you can have the tools and we have the tools at our fingertips these days to, to leverage what our competitors are doing and improve on it. And, you know, you, you've heard that old thing all the time where it says, you know, figure out what your competitors are doing and improve it. And you've got yourself a good little business there, uh, or in some people's cases, a, a, a good big business because they're able to then tap into a, a market that they haven't been able to but I, I think the take, biggest takeaway from that is really to be open-minded about your keywords and not try to predict what you think your customers are searching for, but actually follow the data and, and do the research. And the tools you suggested, Uber Suggest and the old-fashioned Google Keyword Planner, all these tools are out there. There's, again, similar to the hosting issue, there's no excuse to now not know what people are actually searching for. 
And the same applies to content, right? Like to, to when you're writing blogs, and everyone says you must have a, a regular blog on your website to help Google index your website more, more frequently for customers to see you as an expert. Also, it gives you content to share on social media. What's your take, Alex, on, on content marketing in the context of SEO? And how helpful is it? And how truthful is that phrase that you must be blogging to improve your search engine rankings? Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting one, sometimes a bit controversial. I think the thing about a blog, again, it's, it can be a bit of a rabbit hole, right? Because a blog or a blog post is just a content format. It's not a way to meet your customer needs. It's just a type of content, right? And so you really need to get away from this idea of we need a blog because what that then spawns is, and we need to be publishing something once a week or once a month. And then that then leads to what should I write about, right? And, and you've gone at it from completely the wrong end of things, right? You want to be basing everything on this research, right? And saying, what are people looking for? What should I write? And maybe that's a blog, right? But often in the early days, you'll find actually I've missed some commercial gaps in that. Maybe there's a way I need to group my products, you know, and create a new landing page, you know, around particular themes and things like that. That's your biggest opportunity early on. You want to get that find those gaps that are closest to the revenue, you know, closest to where people make a purchase first and build out. But what you'll find is, yeah, there is a space for a blog and informational content, but it should come from an understanding of what your customer wants, not someone told you a blog's a good idea, because it's kind of like that wonky logic where you see lots of blogs are working for people. So you say it's the blog that's working, but it was never the blog. It's the content that they researched and created and they put it on a blog, but they could have put it on a, a resource section or something. You know, it could be it can take any other format as long as it meets what people are looking for. So I'd always suggest doing that. And we always suggest work from the core of what you offer outwards, meaning, you know, if you're missing product features and stuff that people are talking about make sure you get that in there first make sure you saturate all of you know what you call like transactional search and that you're doing your the best you can on that and then move out a circle and look at things that are maybe more informational that maybe support that transactional search that those products and build it out that way because there's no point having thin product content and doing a really great blog because you'll only get traffic to your blog for them to jump over to your products and go, that's not, that doesn't sell it to me. Got it. And and I guess, you know, a whole different conversation for another day Alex, that I'd love to talk to you about is, is almost like about, you know, searcher intent as well. The types of keywords, you know, you want to be ranking for the searches. You know, I hate that term keywords. Like it's such a old school way of saying things. It's I don't really think that's what your customers are doing. They're looking for solutions to problems. They're looking for for ideas. They're looking for for ways to make their life easier. They're not looking for keywords as such, right? I know that's a very technical term as well, uh, but it kind of gets used so much. Uh, I, I, I cringe a little bit, even when I use it myself. But, you know, having your website answer questions, having your website solve problems right off the bat. So you're adding that value up front to, to, to potential customers and I've always found that, that that's helped us a lot in the past and giving that value up front, don't hide it and say, well, we, hey, we've, we've got all the answers, but you're going to have to use us to get the answers. It's almost like, no, give, give away your answers, give away the good stuff. Not only does that make things shareable from a social media perspective, 
but you're actually you're helping people you're coming across as resourceful and, and helpful but yes like depending on what someone is searching for what their intent is as well to help the buying process and see how far along they are in that buying process but like i said you know that's a whole different conversation for, for another day i think a, a really quick one to like just shift your perspective on uh, or to get people thinking about that whole keyword thing is we always say Google doesn't rank keywords. They rank pages for keywords. So you want to get away from getting hung up on, I need this particular keyword in my page or this. It can definitely be useful, but think of it as sort of a guiding a pointer. And what you really want to look at when you look at this competitor data and these tools that we've mentioned, like the Uber suggest, is what are their best pages, right? What pages am I missing that fulfill that need. And that's a really great way to short short circuit that need, you know, that working out that intent. Just go for the pages, create the pages that people want, and then back it up with some keywords, but focus on on pages on your website. Yeah, absolutely. Alex, you've been amazing. You've given so much value here. I really appreciate you and your, your time and everything that Silius does. We love working with with you folks as well. Before we end, I want to end with something that I was reading earlier. And it's just some silly SEO jokes. So let's see if you can get the, the answers to this. So I've got a few here, so I'll, I'll read them out. So Alex, why do SEOs love the farmer's market? <laughs> I have not got a clue. Because <laughs> there's lots of organic content. Oh, nice. <laughs> what do SEOs use when they go fishing? Oh. Um... Link bait. Uh, <laughs> I can hear I can hear the listeners, you know, yeah. the drums, but I'm pumped. We're, we're grinding. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do SEO parents feed their children? Cookies and link juice boxes. Oh, okay. mm. <laughs> and we'll we'll end on my favorite one of the lot. Why did the SEO cross the road? Is this one like road, street, pavement? No, 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 no. It's even simpler. <laughs> You're overcomplicating it. But I have heard a similar one like that. But no, why did the SEO cross the road? He wanted to get hit with traffic. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I think, uh, uh, you know, and ending on a couple of lighthearted jokes there, because SEO is a, it is a serious topic, Alex, and, and people do need to take it seriously. It's not something you can do on the cheap. It's not something that you can just tick the box and, and tick the SEO box on your website and put in some keywords or key phrases and, and leave it for a month and, and you're good to go. It is quite a serious subject, especially for growing businesses. So, you know, whilst we, we joke about these things and there's a ton of SEO related jokes and, and banter online, but I really appreciate what goes into an SEO's day-to-day -day work. And, and I have nothing but respect for, for agencies and, and people like yourself who have to stay on top of this all the time. And like you said earlier, even the guys at Google don't, often know exactly what's going on with their own algorithm and things change and having to manage client expectations, the skills that that you have as a business owner and as a, as a provider, I think are, are, are so advanced, especially in this, in this space of, you know, websites, web development, web uh, design, mark online marketing, social media. I think the, the SEO crowd, if, if you don't mind me calling, uh, calling them that, has skills on, on a different level compared to everyone else in this online marketing space. So it's a thank you for everything that you do for us and for your customers. But as we end here, Alex, how can anyone listening find you, find Tilius, if they want to find out a bit more about SEO services and, and doing it the right way? So um, just head to our website, Tilius.com. So it's T-I-L-I-O-U-S. 
We've got our resource section on there where you can check out. We've got, you know, outline our process and things like that. And you can always drop me an email. It's alex at Amazing. Alex, thank you so much. And for everyone listening, that's all for today. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did speaking to Alex about SEO, WordPress, plugins, and everything that goes with it. Don't forget to like and share this episode on your social media platforms and review us on your favorite podcast platform, wherever you may be listening to this episode. As always, you can find us at WP Maintain online, DM us, reach out to us through our website. Let us know your thoughts about this topic and any future topics you'd like us to speak about, or if you'd like an introduction to Alex uh, at Tilius on a direct uh, email as well, just let us know. For now, thank you for, for listening and we'll see you on the next episode. You're listening to What The Press, a conversation about business and WordPress, brought to you by WP Maintain.